It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, future international powerlifting champion and America's recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Um, I think the reason coaches are interested in this uh, is because it's offering another layer of opportunity and you're also seeing on the reverse side that you're seeing some of your uh, current athletes start to either go into the portal or talk about it or you hear rumors that somebody's going to go in and it's added this extra dimension to your already difficult job and that we want to explain and go over in as much detail as possible and it's nice that this this is a little bit of a smaller group than the morning session was if some of you attended that because I think we can have some good back and forth so I want to get I want to make sure that we leave plenty of time to do that and then uh, end it in time for you to go on to all the other sessions that uh, that a lot of you have uh, coming up here a little later in the afternoon um, this is and the reason I titled it maximizing your programs transfer portal recruiting is that you're going to be successful with it at some level you're going to get something out of it. There's going to be kids that will come to your program. So it's not like if you don't do everything that we're going to talk about today, you're not going to get any. But if you're going to do something, especially in recruiting, and and then also you, know, you have aspirations to be a head coach, and I thought the last session was fantastic. Just it's great to get that perspective from somebody that's led a program for a long time. This is going to be with us a long time. This is going to be with you, especially if you're a younger coach, for the rest of your career. I think you should get good at it in the same way that we want you to get good at recruiting in general because I think recruiting is the lifeblood of what you're going to do as a, as a college coach, either as an assistant or as a head coach. That will determine whether you succeed or fail and what opportunities you have and who you get to work for or what place you get to jump to. It's all going to come down to recruiting. And that's true in track and field, in football, basketball, soccer, whatever the sport, your success is going to largely be uh, focused on and determined by who you get to come to your program we've added this extra layer that now you can get athletes back that you recruited initially or that you've never talked to before but they are interested now in your program for some reason so I want to maximize if I'm a coach the ability to do that because this is a little bit like junior college recruiting we'll touch on this in a second that you can get healthy very quickly through the portal and some coaches are figuring that out, and you're watching some coaches figure that out. So we want to give the same thing to, uh, to all of you. Um, I will be giving you um, the opportunity to, to get the notes of this session, like we did for the morning session for those of you that attended that. So at the end, I'll give you all the information there that you can email or text me, and I'll send all that uh, to you. So don't feel like you have to transcribe everything because we're going to try to go through it sort of quickly i just want you to get a sense for what we're talking about and then we can dive into some details um, a little bit later so this portal and you know i tried to find a graphic with a track and field athlete going through the portal they're not out yet so that's probably good news for your sport that it's not so prevalent that they've had to design a graphic somewhere on the internet for it but for football it is and that's sort of what led the charge football and men's basketball and i think there were some coaches and some departments and ad's that thought well it's going to be contained to just football and basketball, because those are the kids that are dissatisfied and unhappy and everybody else is happy. And what we're finding, of course, is that not everybody's happy, or that the other kids in track and field and swimming, soccer, softball, see what basketball and football is doing and say, I want a piece of that. 
I want to now be back at the focus and center of attention uh, for coaches and see if I can do this again. So it's introduced this element, like we talked about this morning, of free agency. And you need to know how to handle and manage that free agency since now you're, uh, in a way, you're that you know, baseball general manager that has to juggle the roster and reassemble it every year. Um, so how do you do that? Well, first of all, my goal today is to demystify this. And I want to give you some perspective in doing that from across the country, how we've seen coaches in non-revenue sports do it successfully over the last year or two, um, bring that in and, and hopefully take either the fear or the misunderstanding about what the transfer portal is and how you can manage it, regardless of division level, uh, it's out there for you. Um, it is for everyone. Uh, at all four-year colleges, this is something that every college and every coach can benefit from. So just understand that, that hopefully, I mean, there's a variety of coaches in just judging by the, uh, uh, the, the name on your, on, your, on your polos and your sweatshirts, that if you're sitting in here and you haven't really explored it before or you feel like you're out of school, why would anybody want to come here, want to transfer in, or we just don't have, we can't give them everything at Division I uh, school can. There are things that are working well for those coaches and Division I coaches that we want to outline today. So it is for everybody, and it's going to continue to grow and be for everybody. I think we're going to see growing numbers year after year, probably at least for the next five years until it plateaus a little bit, of athletes entering the transfer portal thinking that uh, they're going to solve their problems by going to another school. Uh, this is budget neutral, by the way, in the sense that for you to go after a recruit that enters the portal, that is interested in you or reaches out to you, this is something that doesn't or shouldn't cost you any more money. Now, on the back end, if there's a scholarship awarded, yes, the program's going to devote money to them. But in terms of the idea or the excuse that I'm a coach at a school and I just don't have the budget to go recruit out of the transfer portal. Yes, you do. It's not... It's not something that should cost a lot, and we'll talk about that. Uh, and again, I've, I've likened this to baseball free agency. You are the GM in this scenario, and we just went through, if you're a baseball fan, just went through free agency, uh, all the big players signed somewhere new. That is very much like what goes on now on a micro level uh, in sports across the country, in college programs across the country. And coaches now are in the position of having to, in addition to everything else you do, be a little bit of a general manager and anticipate you're going to lose. Anticipate, though, that you're going to gain and the coaches that are going to manage that better over the next two or three years are going to see their programs really elevate. And that's what I want to try to give you some ideas on, on what programs are doing and what you might be able to do as well. In saying that, you get to run your team, just like those GMs get to run their team, any way you want. I'll give you the ideas. I'm going to show you what has worked for some coaches. You can take part of it, all of it, none of it, and use it or not use it, totally up to you. But you have to have some sort of philosophy and you have to have some sort of idea about how this is going to impact your program and, and, and what you want to do to, um, to grow it. If, if we're going to maximize the, uh, the uh, uh, transfer portal recruiting, I want to make sure that it is something that's improving and it's a net gain for our program and not just holding steady. So, uh, the one thing I will say in terms of what we've seen programs go through 
and the process that the athletes go through, it does mimic a lot junior college recruiting. When you go after a JC recruit, the timelines are almost the same. The reasons for transferring are almost the same. Uh, the mindset is very much the same. Way different than if you're recruiting them right out of high school. And we're going to talk about those differences because I think they're really, really important. If you go after a uh, transfer portal athlete the same way that you've gone after a high school athlete, I don't think it's going to work as well. And we know the psychology behind how a high school athlete and their parents choose a program. We talked a lot about that earlier. Totally different for a transfer portal athlete. Uh, and again, for coaches, I want you to understand that however it's worked for you in the opportunities or in the times where you have uh, recruited a junior college athlete, it's going to look more like that and less like high school recruiting. And some of the coaches that have started to kind of go through the portal, they've made the mistake and they figured out real quickly they're not high school students anymore. We can't recruit them the way that uh, normally we would even recommend that they get recruited as high school student athlete prospects. Um, primarily, the thing that we notice that mimics it the most, and I want you to understand is this is a very short decision cycle. Whereas your high school athletes are typically six to 18 months or longer, depending on your division level and how you recruit, this is a very short decision cycle. You're talking on average about 45 to 60 days before a decision is made. Sometimes it goes longer, sometimes it's shorter, depending on how um, aggressively and systematically a coach approaches that, that transfer portal athlete. But this is a very short decision cycle in mass, which means that you have to do some certain things uh, as a coach, especially if you're, you're at a non-brand, non-Power 5 destination school, um, you're going to have to approach it a little bit differently because we can't take as long to have them get to know you. And that's one thing that I just want you to keep in mind is that everything that we're going to talk about is now really condensed if we're going to maximize the, the portal. Um, so I, I do feel like coaches overall need to understand the perspective coming from the prospects as they are looking at, um, at transferring. Uh, they're looking at the recruiting process. And so we did a study this fall um, for some of our clients on the, just how they're making this, this, um, this decision. And two things I want to share with you from this, two really interesting stats that kind of bring home the point about, is this prevalent? Do I need to worry about this as a coach? Do I need to, to try to come up with a system? In the study that we did with several hundred current student athletes in college, their freshman year, we asked them, have you or are you considering a transfer? Didn't ask the reason why, but we just wanted to know. The snapshot in the fall, late September, early October, are you considering a transfer? Good news in, the good news is most of them aren't. The bad news is about a third of every roster is actively considering a transfer. They're, it's in their mind. This was kids across division levels, across sports, this is the average, and we didn't see a lot of variation from sport to sport. Spiked a little bit in Division I football, but that's, again, to be expected a little bit. Um, I just want you to look at the stats and look at that yes column. What would it look like system, you know, for your system, for the results, for recruiting, if a third of your roster ended up carrying out this decision at the end of the year and transferring out? For most programs, that's catastrophic. If you're a Division III program, admissions is going to be running around like you've kicked the anthill, and they're, they're going to panic. Um, for Division I 
programs. These are the kids that have been developed freshman, sophomore year in school. They're about to make that big jump into really talented student athletes and they leave. I want you to understand that this generation does not think negatively about transferring. It is not a mistake. They are showing very little emotion at you know, leaving the school. If they have a good reason in their mind to leave it, they're going to leave it. And that should impact you because I'm going to plan, if I'm a coach, to go back to my, my, uh, my school and say to myself and our staff, we have one third of our, pro of our current team, probably on the younger side, the freshmen and the sophomores, that are actively thinking about and considering a transfer. So do a hard stop. What does that mean? Take the transfer portal out of it. There's something going on in programs with younger athletes specifically that is not resonating with them to the point that they're considering interrupting their academic, athletic uh, progress and, and, uh, and life at your university, in your program. What's going on? We'll talk about some ideas that we have, but I just want you to understand that that's an active thought process right now. And I want it to be a little bit sobering because I want you not to, I don't want the 30-year program to go somewhere else, uh, or even a quarter of your program. But that's, they're actively considering it. Next question we ask is why are you and your fellow athletes, if there are uh, numbers on the team that are considering, why are you considering a transfer? Three main areas that they identified, um, the three highest. The coach isn't the person I thought they were when I originally got here. I feel like there's a lack of opportunities to compete. I can't afford to attend any longer. Now, if I break those down, this first one, coaches and a person I thought they were, that's emotional. Doesn't mean it's, it's not right, it just means that's an emotional reaction, that's an emotional decision. I thought you liked me, I thought I liked you, I don't like you anymore and I don't think you like me. The next one is there's a lack of opportunities to compete. There's a little bit more of an evaluation aspect of that. So I'm looking at what I'm doing now as a, as a current student athlete in your program. I'm thinking it could be better, or at least it's not what I, uh, it, 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 certainly it's not what I uh, expected it to be or thought it was gonna be. And I don't see the opportunity moving forward to change that. <coughs> the next one, the last one is, is more practical. I got here, we thought the loan wasn't gonna be a problem. We thought the tuition was going to be affordable. Now it's not, or at least I feel it's not. My parents are stressing out. I'm hearing them talk about, oh my gosh, this parent plus loan, what were we thinking? Now, you know, again, reality starts to hit after the signing ceremony, and I now saw on social media, and I was just all working out. We'll figure it out. Now they're realizing I can't figure it out. So there's a practical side of this too, but there's a mix. If I'm a coach going back to my campus, one of my priorities is with those athletes I might feel are in the mindset of transferring, I have to figure out which one of these it is. Is it an evaluative decision? Is it an emotional decision? Or is it practical? I could do something about the first two. If a family can't afford it, and really maybe never could coming in, that might be the situation where I have to be okay with letting them go. 
if I can't or they can't justify the additional cost or doing a loan or whatever it's going to mean to be able to have them continue to pay for most of their, their tuition, I have to be okay with that. But again, the earlier I find that out as a coach and walk them through that process and have that conversation with them and not wait until May or late April to have it, I can now take action in time. I can go to the portal. I can go through that process and replace them. And I'm just letting you know that that's going to be your life, especially in the spring, year after year after year, as long as you're a coach. That's now your life. And we see from the NCAA data that the majority of transfers, or the decisions to go into the portal anyway, happen mainly in March and then early April. Those are the two biggest time periods. So you're approaching that area. All I want to say is I want to go back and, and have, if you're doing sort of into the fall um, you know, evaluations or conversations, however your program works those conversations with athletes, especially the younger ones, I'm going to look for one of these three and bring up things to talk about that will give me insights. Are they struggling with one of these three aspects of my place here in our program? And if they are, let's flush it out. Let's talk about it so that I can decide. First of all, I can help as a coach guide them to the right solution. But more importantly, so that my program, uh, I know exactly what I'm going into uh, in terms of needs through the portal or a junior college recruiting uh, scenario uh, moving into the spring. So um, some key things I want you to understand about their process that we're finding uh, as we work with our clients and everything going through their roster and, and handling this part of their recruiting with them. Your prospects are trying to solve a problem. Your athletes are trying to solve a problem as well, the current athletes on your team. So in high school, your prospect is saying, I want to compete, I've worked hard, I mean, who's going to give me the most money, or what's the highest division level school I can sign with, or whatever their process is, I'm, I'm going through that process. And I'm trying to solve the problem, which is, I don't have a college to go to, I want a college to go to and compete. With your current athletes, they're trying to now solve a problem as well. I thought I made the right choice. Coach wasn't what she or he seemed like. Um, maybe I can't afford it. It's too far away from home. Whatever their thing is, they're trying to solve a problem. And I say this, the first thing you talk about with a transfer portal athlete is this question. To find out what problem are they encountering now that they're trying to fix. You don't have to say it that way. It could be general, a general idea or a general question like, hey, you know, you're at that program uh, and, you know, coaches seem like they're, they're good, they've run a good program. Why is it feeling like it's the time to switch? Why did you enter the portal? You're probably going to hear them talk about the coach, lack of opportunities, can't afford it, or another sort of emotional, I'm homesick. Um, there's going to be some reason that they're going to be able to identify with you as to the reason they are now in the portal. What you do with that information is key because remember I said we're finding this is a very short process, 45, 60 days, and they're done with the process. That means I can't go through all the multi-layered reasons over a 10, 12, 15 month period why your school is best and why they should come and compete for me. I have to zero it in. I'm going to find out what the problem is, 
and address that problem and explain. My, a lot of my recruiting over that next couple of weeks is going to be geared towards you experience this, this, and this at this school, at our program, totally opposite. We're this, this, and this. Because I can't waste my time with an athlete who isn't interested in the size of the school or our history or whatever else we would normally spend because we have the luxury of time to do it, time talking about that with a high school athlete. I have to go directly into problem solving mode because they're leaving their current program because there is a problem. Because they're leaving with that, I have to be the one to step in and solve the problem before somebody else in the room does. So the race is on. That's why the sooner you know how many spots you have to recruit, the sooner I can pay attention to who's in the portal, the sooner I can go out in front and start to solve this problem and then hopefully make somebody else in the room play catch up and try to catch me. Because what we're finding very much like when you recruit an international athlete, how you know international athletes look at a variety of schools across the country, doesn't, division level doesn't matter, whether the football team made the bowl game, they don't care, they don't care what the uniforms are like. What are they interested in is who can take me through the process the fastest? Who can give me the first answer and I'm, most of the time I'm gonna choose that school. This works a little bit the same way. I don't wanna linger out of a, um, I don't wanna linger too deep into my spring season before, or certainly through the summer before I switch and make this choice. I'm not happy, I wanna leave, but I want a place to go to. Are you going to provide me that solution? Are you going to provide me the place? I need to know how you're going to solve my problem. Once you do that, some other questions we might need to answer, but that's the big one. Now I'm ready to seriously consider you. So the coach that does that first, we're finding, has a great shot of solving the problem and thereby getting the athlete in the program. They're looking usually also for something very specific. In this conversation, as they outline the problem, everybody's going to be a little bit different with what they are coming to you with in terms of what specifically they're looking for. Um, some sort of micro element of a major they're looking at. Uh, I need to get closer to home. I need to get farther away from home. There's some sort of thing that they'll be able to define very specifically for the problems that they're identifying. The opportunity for all of you as recruiters is that when you find that thing, those little golden eggs in the midst of everything else, that's when I spend the time solving the problem for. I want to go directly not only to solve the problem, but to identify the little things, the very specific things, and I want to show them we have that specific thing here. If I can get them to outline the problem and go into specifics, what they're giving me as a prospect is a complete roadmap on how to get them to our campus. So unlike high school athletes, which are a little bit of a mystery, and they're going to make their decisions very emotionally, and they ebb and flow a lot because there's so much time in between, you have the opportunity, if you do this right, to jump in, find out very quickly where the decision's coming down to, address it, recruit towards it, and get them to commit. So they're, again, they're giving you the roadmap if you, if you lay it out and if you ask the questions that lead them to this. Um, that scene from Jerry Maguire, it's not show friends, it's show business. This is a business decision for these transfers. In other words, I'm gonna go back to, there's a lack of opportunities at my program to travel with the team, 
maybe the coach isn't paying attention to me in the, in the workouts as much as I thought they, they are because they're focused on the seniors and the juniors who are going to score in conference. Whatever my perspective is as a young athlete, they're coming in now with that baggage. Now they're jaded. They've been through the process. It's not about, I want to spend time with the team. And you know we are big on that with high school athletes. If you read our stuff, time with the team, getting to know the freshmen, the emotional connection with them and with you, incredibly important for high school athletes. When the transfer portal athlete comes in, what you're going to find is for throwers, where do I fit? Um, how do you train your sprinters when it comes to A, B, and C? They're very specific with their questions. Again, they're giving you that roadmap when they are, but they're very specific. And the relationship part isn't as important to them as the business part. With one exception, if they're leaving because and the first thing you hear when they start talking about their problems at the other school, that I didn't connect with the team or the team was doing something, you know, just not normal in terms of the team relationship and the coach didn't stop it. If it does center around relationships, then I would definitely focus on uh, them feeling accepted and good at, at my school. But most of the time it's gonna come down to business. It's gonna be, um, you know, I didn't like this coach because of this, this, this. Okay, I now as that coach at my school have to prove I'm not that. Um, I didn't get the training, didn't get the opportunities. I need to outline how that's gonna happen and if it can happen at our school. So again, just remember this is more about business than a, a high school recruiting um, process is going to be. Um, famous distracted boyfriend meme for you today. They're trying to answer the question, why you? So I'm happy at my school maybe. I'm just not, but there, I feel like it could be better. Um, so that's what this is all about. Happy with his girlfriend, no girl walks by. So to apply this, that's you, that's your athlete, and that's the conference rival that recruited them back in high school that wasn't mean to them at practice last week. That's the me. So it's not sometimes that they are unhappy. I might like it at your school, but I think I'm talented enough now, I can love it at another school. I think you like me, coach, but I don't think you love me. I think this coach over here might love me. Important psychological bit to, to sort of keep in mind that we're finding transfer portal athletes aren't always leaving because they're irate, they're feeling, you know, you know, on the verge of, of uh, filing a lawsuit or something like that. It's that just thought it would be better. Just thought coach should be nicer. I thought that I would get a little more time. And now this other coach, I remember when he was recruiting me back in high school, he said this, this well, maybe I should go there. I'm just not happy. So their, their solution to that is, uh, and sometimes it's just immaturity and they just, hey, is this it? Is this the best that it can, it can get? Their answer to that is, I'll go to the portal and see who still loves me. How do we change that? Well, and we'll talk about this here in a little bit. You have to be comfortable re-recruiting your whole team year after year, especially in the first two years, as to why they made the best decision to go there. And you have to be very conscious as coaches, if you don't want teams, I'm sorry, your prospects to leave your team, your athletes to leave your team, you have to be especially in their first two years, focus on explaining to them, here's the plan, here's why we want you, you still have a, a spot. Just understand that's now part of the conversation, or it should be, to avoid this. So, 
some action items if you are Division One. You have to allocate a certain percentage of your scholarship dollars to hold in preparation for an athlete who you're going to really want, who's going to be in the portal, to be able to offer them something significant that you feel an athlete of that caliber would get in that event group. I'm not going to go into what that budget should be, completely your decision, but to have a plan. So right now what I'm hearing is that most track and field coaches Think it'd be great if they got an athlete. I'm not sure if we have any money left for them. Okay, solution there is have some money set aside. How much? Well, we see programs devoting 10 to 20 percent. If you're going to lose 30 percent of your athletes, or at least they're thinking about transferring, 10 to 20 percent to replace them with somebody else, that seems reasonable. Could be a different percentage for you. Have something, and and more than that, also if you're Division One, uh, have a firm philosophy of what you do to to um, to bring in that athlete, to bring in a transfer portal athlete, or do you bring in transfer portal athletes? Um, in football, uh, Clemson, Devil Sweeney has been very sort of out on the edge by saying to their recruits, to their team, we're not going to bring in transfer portal athletes. That's not us. Now, have they been hurt by that? Maybe. Their team, though, has said, okay, I can go there as a high school athlete, and I'm not going to, right on the verge of being able to start or get playing time, they're not going to bring somebody else in to replace me. So it's an interesting take. What I'm saying is that for your program, what we're talking about here today, it's going to be revolving around you, but you don't have to participate in it. You can make the decision, we're not going to do transfer portal athletes. If you are, I want you to maximize it, do it right, and that's what we're talking about. So come up with a philosophy and come up with a budget, that's the first starting point if you're Division I. If you aren't Division I, if you aren't offering you know, significant scholarship money, if you're D3, even NAIA or Division II school, if you're not Division I, I would say the same two things apply. What's our philosophy? And not so much how much money can we set aside, because you may not have any or a lot of scholarship money to set aside. But what I'm going to do is Try to find the athletes in the transfer portal that aren't making a money-based decision. Because there's a lot of athletes that go, I mean, I'd say a lot, about 25% across sports last year made the decision to go from Division I down to Division III, as an example. Why did they do that? Gave up quite some scholarship money, gave up the opportunity to, you know, to be a D1 athlete in preparation for or in, uh, in making the choice to go be a Division III athlete. When you dig into that data, what they tell us is it wasn't about money. It wasn't even about necessarily you know, playing time or being able to compete. It was about not having this be a job at the Division I level. And I wanted to live more of just a normal college life. Or I wanted to, thought I would love going to a big school, realized I needed to go to a smaller school. Thought I wanted to go away from home, realized I wanted to go to close to home. So if you're a Division III coach, what I'm going to suggest, or D2 or NAI, I'm going to suggest that when you go to the portal, I very specifically listen to athletes and listen for the fact that I just missed home. D1 athletics is just not what I expected. I, I'm just I'm burnt out. Something like that is going to be my cue to say, we're your solution. And they're out there. Again, I said 25% or made the switch last year because of that reason. I mean, 75% aren't. So 75% of the prospects you talk to, 
just to prep you for this, are not going to be interested in a Division III school. I'm going to be okay with that. I'm looking for the 25% that are. That would be my recommendation if you're not Division One. The key is always be recruiting with the transfer portal in mind. So this class of 23, do we have a budget set aside for roster spots, money, time and attention towards the recruiting portal that's going to open up here in a matter of weeks, significantly for track and field? Um, if I do, then I am recruiting with the transfer portal in mind. I'm also looking at my current high school athletes, many of which at the end of the day will tell me, no, you're not the right fit, sorry coach, I'm going over here. And I have to have a plan as a coach to say to them, hey, no problem, hey, that's a great program you chose, love the coach there, great decision, compliment them, be happy for them, celebrate with them, even though it's killing you inside. And then say, somewhere in that talk or in that email or text or conversation with their parent or letter, if you ever change your mind or something changes over there at that other school, make me your first call. We will always want to talk to you about coming and being a part of our team because we'll want you that much. Again, you may not be feeling it right at that moment, but you'll have to suppress the disappointment, the rage, the feeling slighted. Say those words because that's also recruiting with the transfer portal in mind. That athlete, when I say that, and maybe I send a follow-up letter to the parents, what a great athlete you raised, love getting to know her, she has a home here whenever, but I think she's gonna do really well at that school, congratulations. Be super professional and nice about it. That will be a little money in the savings account that comes out in a year or two. Not all the time, but a lot of the time, that's what in two years, or a year, or next semester, is going to be that athlete saying, coach, it's me, don't know if you remember me, class of 23, it didn't work out. Are, are you still interested? You told me you were. Coaches that have done that over the years, they always have athletes coming back. And I want to leave that door open for them by saying that. Because without it, I'm going to assume most of the time as an athlete, well, they wanted me, I disappointed them, they're probably mad at me, they probably don't like me. If we don't say anything, that's going to be the assumption. So I want to make sure that they don't feel that way. So your priorities as a coach, if you're gonna take this seriously, budget money and time to account for future transfer portal student athletes. Have to do it, at least a loose philosophy. You don't have to spend a lot of time doing it, but I have to know as a staff or as a head coach, what's our philosophy and what are we going to be able to do if we find an athlete that we really want. Make sure also that your current recruiting message, that the message, the story that goes out to those prospects today, right now, your current recruiting message will remind them of why they should compete for you in the future. What we're trying to do is cement in ideas about the brand of your program, who you are as a coach, what's great about your school, all the things that we've talked about over the years. I'm doing that, and I want, to, I want them to remember it in two years. In other words, I'm going to be doing that with athletes I have no business recruiting to our school based on their times, their marks, we know they're gonna go D1 or D2, or at least they're gonna be in that conversation. I'm gonna recruit them with the full knowledge that I'm gonna lose 29 out of every 30 that I recruit. I'll get the one for you know various reasons, off the wall things that happen, they end up coming to our school and we get them. I'm gonna to expect to lose a lot of athletes, most of the athletes. I'd just say all the athletes to be safe. 
But I want my message to resonate and I want them to remember it and over and over and over and over and over again, they get information from us that says, here's why you should want to compete for us. Here's how we're better than a lot of the options that are out there. So that a year or two from now, mom, dad, I want to transfer, I'm not happy, I don't know what to do now. Somebody in that family remembers what you were telling them and how much attention and consistency you paid them. Hey, go, I think let's talk to, to Coach Tudor. Because he said this, this, this. And I always thought that was a great school. Let's reach out. And that happens if you go in intentionally and use your message to brand yourself. Um, and also, this idea of developing a plan to keep your current student athletes. Because there's an inflow and an outflow with the portal. I want the inflow to happen towards you. We want to reduce the outflow. So how do you do that? Most coaches take the philosophy that when they, an athlete gets to our school, you're here, you're here to work and get better. Great that you did what you did in high school. It's not good enough. You gotta work some more, work some more, and now you're part of this team. Now suck it up and let's get to work. I get that. I would have said the same thing as when I coached. But this, this group of student athletes, younger student athletes especially, step onto campus, they're not as good, they're not as fast, they can't throw as far, they don't run the same way that your, your athletes are running that, that have been coached by you for the last three or four years. And immediately they feel like, what am I doing here? Where is my role on this team? And many of you felt like that when you first went to college, so you get it. Right or wrong, this generation needs to feel wanted and they need to have a purpose. So, again, we talked about in the earlier session this morning, the importance of outlining the plan for them. Being very specific about when you come to our school, here's what your freshman year looks like, and outlining that. I would say extend that into their freshman year, into their sophomore year. The first two years are critical to stop transfers. What could you be doing every two months, um, every couple of weeks, whatever frequency you wanted, about what you like about what they're doing, where they're progressing, where they need to go next, Here's the plan. Here's an updated version of the plan. Always giving them the idea and the, and the feel, the verification that they are important, you do want them, and they should still be a part of your program. Critical, critical stuff that you start doing now. I know many of you have either the end of season review or an end of year review. My opinion is, if you ask me, uh, it needs to be more frequent. At least every two months, if not every month. Doesn't have to be a half hour, an hour long meeting, or it could be in between things at practice, but them coming up, or you coming up to them, saying, hey, notice you've been doing this, this, that is excellent. You're really progressing. I like this and this too. Over the next month, I was talking with our, our staff, here's what we want you to do, but man, you're really good, and again, we want you. Verifies to me that I still belong. A little thing that most of us in the room may not need ourselves, uh, but so it's nice as an assistant coach when you get it, isn't it? When the head coach says something like that to you, you remember, I mean, how you just makes your day and you feel like, okay, I'm bought in. He's the guy. I want to follow him. And let's do the same thing for the athletes. That's a version of re-recruiting them that, again, many generations in the past maybe didn't need. This generation needs it. The other key thing that I would say related to visits on campus that we have seen work so, so well 
is, and some of you have heard us talk about this before, have your freshmen lead the campus visit. Have your freshmen be the ones that entertain and host your high school athletes for a couple of key reasons. Number one, closer in age, your freshman athletes, 18 to 19, um, that, that, those prospects, 16, 17, 18, you're cl much closer in age. I can relate to them more than I can a 22-year-old. Some of you in the room are thinking, right away, I don't want to do that because our older kids, they're the ones that know the program, they know the training, they know who I am as a coach, and all, they know how it really is here. I want our prospects around, especially our good ones, around those top kids that are our seniors, our leaders. And what you may not realize, if that's your line of thinking, is that there's no connection made between a senior and a high school junior or a high school uh, senior. Too far a gap. For all of us, I mean, we all different ages in here, we can all relate pretty well now as adults. When you're 16, 17 years old, that 22-year-old seems like he's 42. He's much bigger. He's more experienced. He's got facial hair. Whatever it is, like, I can't relate to that. And I'm not going to go away trading text you know, numbers with him. I'm not going to, we're not going to follow each other on social media. So there's all these things that aren't happening with an older athlete. And plus, as I told coaches for a long time, your seniors and your juniors have figured out what they hate about you and about the school they go to now. You were hard on them in practice. You cheated them out of playing time. You should have gone on that, they should have gone on that away, away meet and you didn't let them. And this place blows now. It's too small. I love the pizza across the street at first. Now I'm tired of it. I want to get out of here. That's the general attitude of most seniors. I'm done with recruiting. I'm done with you, coach. Want to do well my senior season, but I'm just done. And when we've now placed this excited high school kid with them, what am I going to talk about the senior? As a senior student athlete at your school, I probably, even if not intentionally going to do it, come across very bored. This is the 87th recruiting visit I've done. I'm not going to compete with you. I don't want to get to know you. And do I want that? as the main takeaway for that high school athlete. No. Now, that's outbound to the athlete. Circle back now, that freshman now that leads that visit. The reason I'm spending so much time on this one point is because if you did one thing to prevent kids from leaving the transfer, or going into the transfer portal at your program, this is going to be the number one thing I would say start doing. Have your freshmen lead the visits. It's only their second week on campus in the fall. we got some really big recruits coming in. Do I still have my freshmen do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Are they going to get lost on campus? Maybe. Are they not going to know all the answers? Probably. But you know what? They're going to, they're going to have fun. High energy. They are thrilled to be on campus. They're thrilled to be a, high, or a college student athlete now. They're feeling like, even though I haven't proven anything, I'm sort of big stuff now to this little freshman kid, and I can sort of play that role. And more importantly, what you will hear them tell you if, you if you actually do this is that afterwards, I felt I had a role on the team. Not as fast, not as strong, not as quick. I, I don't know how many meets I'm going to actually participate in, but I am helping to recruit my future teammates. Powerful stuff, coach. Powerful, powerful stuff. It works. It makes sense to, to the freshman and to the, the visiting student athlete. They'll come back happier. They'll come back more excited. They will have their own ideas about what to do or not do on the visit. Men as well as the women. 
And about the time they start getting tired, because you do a lot of visits, you know, a lot of track and field prospects coming through. By May, I'm sort of done with this coach. This is, this is now kind of hard. It's not getting as fun as a freshman. Guess what? Now they're a sophomore. New freshman class comes in. The one that they helped recruit. Now a freshman, you're going to recruit sophomores. Tell them how you did it. Freshman, how do you want to tweak it? What's your way of doing it? Hey, now it's your turn to pick your future teammates. It's powerful. It works. It will change your campus visits. It will change the number of kids that feel connected with the athletes on your team. And when I'm thinking about homesick, I don't really feel like I'm you know, able to stick with you know, competitively what these other older athletes are doing. At least I have a role in helping to bring in my future teammates. Coach thought I was important enough. I feel connected. And we've even had freshmen tell us after the fact, like, I mean, maybe if I had an idea of transferring, I felt like I needed to stay on the team because I got to know these kids. They're coming in, and I have a relationship with them, and they're going to be on the team, so I want to be on the team too. What we need to do, everybody, is get them through the first 12 to 24 months of their experience on college campuses and make them feel like they have a position, they have a role, they have a purpose. Because that's why they're leaving, is they don't feel like there's any of that, there's not that connection. Easy way to do it, your freshmen know what to do. You'll be shocked at how well they do. They'll be your best recruiters. If you don't believe me, try it. Take, do an A-B sample, take your seniors, let them do it. Take your freshmen, let them do it. And then come back to me and tell me which one was the better visit that you got better reactions for from your prospects. Okay, if you want to stop transfers, we just touched on part of the reason why. Um, I want to go through just really quick uh, other reasons before we go to some questions. Um, remembering their mindset, they're considering transferring, and those are the three main reasons that they tend to want to transfer. So I would, if I'm a coach, assume that my younger kids, the freshmen, sophomores, are dissatisfied, that they are actively thinking about leaving even though we only know that nationally it's about an average of 30-something percent. But I'm going to assume that a third of my team wants to leave. What do I do about that? How can we make them stick? That's a question that you and your staff have to answer. I've given you some ideas. Ultimately, you're the one that executes it. But I would go in with that assumption, assuming that part of my role as a coach is to figure out for these young athletes, get them through this rough patch, make them carry on, and if I'm assuming they're dissatisfied, it's going to cause me to be proactive in making sure I understand why and how do we fix it. Um, giving your freshmen a reason for being there. I outlined one way to do that that is the most effective way, I think. You come up with other ways, I'm, I'm game. The point is, they're feeling excluded because they're not as fast, not as strong, not as good, and they feel it, know it, they can see it in your eyes. There's going to be a ton of work to get up to that level. I don't know if I want to do that. Um, always, always, always be looking and answering this question, how do I see them connected with not only our team, but other parts of campus? Do I see them involved? Do I see them come to practice happy? Those are legitimate questions that you should answer. And I think part of it also is defining the long-term plan for them as an athlete. Helps them to feel connected. And again, gets them through that first, those, uh, those first two years. How you communicate and sell your program while they are competing for you determines whether they stay or go. I say, you, you're the one they're listening to, coach. They're reading your body language, they're listening to you. You benefit or pay the price for, in your program, them staying or leaving. 
So if you want them to stay, the, that rests on you. College Recruiting Weekly is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2022 through 2023. To contact the host, email him at dan at dantutor.com. And do us a solid, Coach. Rate and review our podcast right now. Plus, it wouldn't kill you to tell your fellow coaches about it, would it? So do that, too. And stay tuned for the next amazing episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. Oh, oh.